Hey, my name's Ian Begley. You're watching the NBA Exchange with Dexter Henry. Welcome, everybody, to the NBA Exchange. I'm your host, Dexter Henry. Another Wednesday, which means NBA with nuance time. That means my man, Gerard Hector, will be joining us. We got a lot to talk about, uh, including some things I'm very interested to talk about with the NBA. They might be doing too much, changing some stuff, what's going on with the Brooklyn Nets, and, of course, trade season coming up. So, so much to talk about. You know how we do. This is it. We, we haven't said this in a while. We haven't said this in a couple of weeks. But y'all know that a lot of you out there like hot takes. This is not the time for hot takes. We don't do that here. But I don't have to say that. My man Gerard Hector says that all the time. Gerard, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, I'm, I'm good, Dex. Always good to be on with you. Listen, if y'all want hot takes and all that crazy stuff, you know where to find it. You know what channels to go to. You want reason, discourse. You want some uh, intelligence. You want some perspective. You want something with a little, some, some gravitas to it. You know where to find us right here on Wednesdays, NBA with Nuance. NBA with Nuance, my man. Uh, good to see you. Glad you are well. Everything is going good. We thank you, everybody, for listening, watching, following the NBA exchange. Um, here's where we're going to start because <laughs> there's been a lot going on. And I tweeted – well, I didn't tweet this, but I sent this to you yesterday because I saw the NBA put out something about the new format for the Rising Stars game. For those who don't know, maybe you've been under a rock in terms of the All-Star game, the Rising Stars game is a game where the NBA gets to showcase their young talent, right? Now, there's been different formats of this. This uh, back well, – now back in the day, maybe well over 15 years ago, it was a rookie sophomore game, Right. Then it, it turned into USA versus the world, showcast, showcasing some of the young talent from the States with some of the young international talent. Let, I actually want to start with you there. Did you like either of the previous formats? Before we get to the new format, did you have a preference, Gerard, in either of the previous formats of this uh, game? I mean, I was fine with rookie sophomore and USA versus – fine with that too. I mean, ultimately, look, what the NBA is trying to do here is figure out how do we generate more buzz and more interest for this particular game and get more eyeballs going going and flocking to our showcase weekend, right? The NBA has two showcase two showcase events, right? One being All-Star Weekend, the other one being NBA Finals, right? That's the time when they're able to draw in the casual fan. Dex, you and I always talk about this. These changes are not for the diehard person who's got league pass, who's up like, – who's obsessed with the NBA, it's not, it's not for these people, right? They're competing for the casual fan who could turn to a million other sporting things, not to mention a million other entertainment options, right? So how can I get those people drawn in and get them to care about this weekend and, and you know, give us some of their time, right? That's really what it's all about. So look, kudos to the NBA for trying different things. We'll get into what I think about this new format, but I just, I think there's a different way they can, they can do this stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, it, it, you're right about that. We do always talk about that in terms of them trying to get people. I'm not necessarily sure that we saw more interest or intrigue in the Rising Stars game because they went from rookie sophomore to USA versus the mm -hmm. world, right? If you, I'm looking at it. Maybe you're right. Maybe from a diehard fan's perspective, if you want to come and see young talent, you're going to come and see young talent. Exactly. You're going to watch a young talent. I'm also not really sure, and this is something we can get into, if the casual fan 
is really looking for the young talent or they actually look for the established stars. Yeah. yeah. That's something I would, would concern about. But yeah. yesterday they announced a new format. So let me read it uh, for you. The new format for the Rising Stars will be four seven-player teams, right? This is from a pool of 28 players will compete in a mini tournament consisting of three games. Each game will be played to a final target score. Now, the pool of 28 players will have 12 NBA rookies, 12 NBA sophomores, and four top young players for the NBA G League Ignite team. NBA players will be selected by assistant coaches. Ignite players will be selected by NBA G League head coaches. The team will be coached by members of the NBA 75th anniversary team and assistant coaches from NBA All-Star Game coaching staff. Coaches will select their team rosters in a rising stars draft. Each team will have one Ignite player. So the bracket will be like this, Team A versus Team B, Team C versus Team D. In the semifinals games, the two winning teams will meet in the final game. The competition will consist of a race to 75 points. That will be the target score uh, in honor of the NBA 75th anniversary edition. I think they're doing too much with the 75. And the semifinal <laughs> games will be played to a final target score of 50. The final game will be played to a final target score of 25 for a total of 75 across the semifinal and final round. Now, Gerard, that sounds like a lot. I felt like there was a lot for me just to explain that. Um, I'm not sure if that's good. I saw this, and my initial reaction when I sent this to you yesterday was like, yo, man, they're doing too much. What, what did you feel about this? I just feel like it's it, it's it's a, a bit much. I don't even mind the G-leaguers in this. Right, right. I actually kind of like that. But what do you think about this overall? Well, it's so funny, Dex. You know, when this happened, all the internet memes were out there with people being like, TLDR. And they had the, the image of Zach Galifianakis from, from a Hangover with all the math equations over the board, like trying to figure out what is the NBA talking about? And everybody's getting a laugh off, right? But I took a step back, right? And again, I go back to, well, what is the NBA trying to accomplish here and what is going on? We know that there is a television rights deal coming up soon, right? The NBA, as we all know, sells its package, right? Its, its product to networks and they pay for it and air it. The, the air networks that have it right now are ESPN, ABC, right? That, 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 that conglomerate, which is owned by Disney and Turner TNT, right? Those are the two networks that control the NBA in terms of delivering it to the masses. It's up for renewal. Who's going to pay the next 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 billion, whatever the number is for that? The NBA has a problem, Dexter, in that ratings have been going down the past few years, right? Mm. So they are trying to figure out how can we juice this thing back up, add some more intrigue again to get our numbers up so that when we are selling the package to whomever, Amazon, Netflix, uh, Apple TV+, Plus, whomever, to say, hey, man, look, our All-Star Weekend draws in X, Y, and Z, like, right, like, whatever the situation may be. And I think it, it's important that that happens uh, for the leagues. That's why we're seeing a lot of these tinker, tinkering with, with, with the All-Star week, uh, Weekend product. The other thing is, the league has talked about it for a while, this idea of we saw the success of the play-in tournament. There's already going to be, we know it, an in-season tournament is coming, right? That's, that's on the dockets. So they're also playing with this idea of how do we get fans to accept this idea of, there's something else that matters to play for here. And I think ultimately, look, sports in the way we know it, Dexter, has to change, right? In that, right. in order to get younger fans, right? Because like, look, we, we're, we're old. Like, we're not old. We're, we, are, we are no longer 10, 11, 12, like wide-eyed, like, oh, my God, it's the greatest thing. That, that's not our life anymore, right? Like, so how are you going to attract a new generation of, of kids who have grown up with nothing but technology? things being done differently, right? How do we give a game to them that they're going to want to grow with and watch it into their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever, do it with their kids, the whole thing, and keep the cycle going? That's what they're trying to do, right? How do we grow that, that, next, 
that next group of fan base. And look, this is one way to do it. And I like the idea. I think, I think it's just, it's sort of like you're band-aiding the problem, right? Putting lipstick on a pig. Let's, if you're going to make changes, let's do radical changes, right? Let's redefine the whole thing. And you know where I'm going with this, with length of the season. Like, let's, if you really want to change stuff, let's really do some significant changes and stop nibbling around the edges. Well, you know, you and I agree with that, right? We're talking about changes to the overall product. Like, how can we make the NBA product actually better? We, we know it's not even that we just feel this, not me and Gerard. We've talked about this on the show. There's science behind it and playing mm-hmm. less games, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we know some people out there don't trust the science, <laughs> but there's science behind it and playing less games and improving the overall product. And maybe, just maybe, then there'll be room for this. Mm-hmm. Do I personally put super amounts of stock into the all star game and the rising star game? And I also don't, I just, this is my thing. I'm going to come back to this. I just don't believe that it grabs in the casual fan. Now, if you have a guy coming internationally that's got a lot of buzz, if you got a guy in college that has a lot of buzz, a la Zion Williamson when he came into the league, I think that person that might be a bit transcendent in a way at that level can get people to watch that game. It's going to take a player or players. I'm not sure it takes uh, the changing of this of this format at all whatsoever. So, I, I mean, I'll put it like this to you, Gerard. I think you would have watched the game anyway. Does, is there any more intrigue for you into this game and watching this Rising Stars version this year? Yeah, see, I, I, get, I, I don't think so. And I'll push back on you a little bit. I think the All-Star, All-Star yeah. weekend is for the casual fan because they want to see stars, the celebrity challenge, the people that they know. Oh, LeBron, LeBron James is a superstar, right? Uh, Stephen Curry is a superstar. Those are household names, right? That's who people who do this want to tune into. We, as people who cover the league and also diehard NBA fans, we know the All-Star Game has zero. We don't care about the All-Star Game, really, or All-Star Weekend in that way, right? We'll tune it in. We'll watch. If we're there to cover it for work, we'll go there and enjoy the festivities, right, and do all that. But it's not because the games are not – they don't have any meaning, right? It doesn't It doesn't count for the standings. It means nothing for championships, like, right? It, it doesn't – that's not what it's about. It, But it's, a, it's for the fans, right, because the fans get to vote who they pick, right? It, it is a showcase of – here are the most important superstars playing in the league today. Some of the best up-and-coming young people. We got slam dunk, three-point shootout, all the mm-hmm. you know skills competition, all that stuff. That is for fans. We have the, the concert, the halftime concert, all that. That's for fans, right? That's And again, all those things are not about the game, really, mm-hmm. right? As much as it is about celebration, right? And everybody getting together. So that part is important. And, and All-Star Weekend's huge. And it, it's a it's a it's a necessary thing for the NBA for a, a, a variety of reasons. But I think, again, this goes back to if you're the NBA going forward, how do we reimagine this, right? How do we, how do we keep our product relevant? Cause you know what the, the NBA does, Dex, they look at mm-hmm. last weekend, the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And they were like, God damn, how do, how <laughs> yeah. do, how, how do we get yeah. that? Right. right. Cause now those is, games were great. You had four games that were insane. Right, every game came down to literally the last play. Right, yeah. like yeah. It, it's it's fantastic, and the NBA is like, damn, how do we replicate that? Right, and it's hard because the the NFL has something the NBA doesn't have: scarcity. Right, it's single elimination. One, you one win, you advance. Lose, you're out. Like they have all these inherent advantages. So the NBA is trying to figure out. But our game is great. You and I talk about this all the time. Basketball is a great game. It is super intricate and detailed, and so many things going on. How do we promote that? And, you know, 
uh, friends of mine on the internet will often say the NBA does everything but promote the game. We talk about everything else, but mm. what actually matters, which is the game on the floor. And, you know, I think this is sort of the tension they're battling right now. So that's a good point, right? Because, and I know you're not comparing this um, exactly in that way because we're talking about NFL playoff games, which are high stakes, mm-hmm. single elimination. And we're also talking about this in the context of All-Star, which I agree with you, you're right. That pushback was fair in the fact that this is for the casual fan. This is where they showcase the game. This is how you grab it in with all the stars, the buzz, the excitement, the dunk contest, blah, blah, blah. So with that being said, if we look at that as this big opportunity for the NBA to showcase its game, in middle of February with the All-Star game, are changes to All-Star weekend necessary? Do you feel, like, take the rising stars out of this, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Gerard. Do you feel like there's other stuff they need to change? Because we've heard this for a long time. We need to change the dunk contest. We need to do this. Is And if there's radical changes, which you talked about overall, are there radical changes that need to happen with All-Star weekend? See, I think, I don't think so, right? I think the Elam ending, I thought, was great. Because like that. you yeah. saw the players, they were like, yo, I mean, that fourth quarter um, in Chicago was, yo, those guys were amp- and getting up into each other. And it was right. And you saw it, uh, it you know, uh, the year after, right. Or the, I'm sorry, the, two years ago, like we, we like that, right. Like it's about stakes, right. Why should it matter? And the part of the thing that Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner has to do is get the players to show that they care about it. When they care mm-hmm. about it, the fans will naturally care about it, right? Like, it, think, think about it, right? It post, and again, it's not apples to apples, but post the Chiefs-Bills game, right? It's like, oh my God, it's the game, right? Josh Allen didn't did it. It's all these things. It's not, there isn't a million other things being said by the loser when they get up to the podium, right? It's like, right. hey man, we didn't make enough plays. This is going to sting. We're coming back. And again, I know it's not apples to apples. That is playoff single elimination versus an all-star weekend but again the goal is to showcase the game right why do i care about these games and i think there's a way in which you can do that with what we have right and it's fun so elam ending you want to change up the rookies i don't ultimately part of the problem i think with rookies the rookie sophomore or the rising stars is it's on friday night right like i mean that's just a tough night in general right to have it's not a, not a great TV night. That's not a, that's not a good TV thing. night. It's just not. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's right. that's what makes a Sunday night All-Star game does pretty good because it's like, all right, Sunday night. But even that, you're going up against prestige television on Sunday night, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's hard. And then Saturday night, you got the three points. It's, it's, it's just a very difficult block of time given all the other things that we have to, to distract attention. Again, you're competing for mindshare. It's just tough. And again, it's created as a television product. That's how it's sold. So how do we as our TV viewing and TV consumption habits are radically changing, right? How do we stay in lockstep with that? It's going to be interesting because we're going to talk about this after All-Star Weekend and probably recap and be like, how do we think things were this year and really look at it? And look, of course, as NBA fans, people who cover the game, we are going to look at this and see how it is. You know, I, again, I don't think the Rising Stars change was necessary. Right. Like you, I understand what they're yeah. trying to do in terms of, uh, grabbing more casual fans, but we'll see. That remains yeah. to be seen if that'll yeah. work. Okay, we talked enough. Rising stars, all star, <laughs> all star game. Now that that's about as much as we talk about that uh, on, on this show. Gerard, we are February tenth is approaching. That is the NBA trade deadline. It is trade season. We are officially there. Talks are heating up. Although we've been talking about people like Ben Simmons being traded from the start of the season. 
Um, one of the things I find interesting at this time is we always look who's a buyer, who's a seller. Some years there are more buyers, some years there are more sellers. What do you feel looking at the NBA landscape that it looks like this year for trade season? Are there more buyers or are there more sellers? Yeah, Dex, I think given that we have the play-in tournament now um, and it's down to the to top 10 teams record-wise in each conference, we have way more buyers than we have sellers because you have enough teams that are within reason of saying, look, we're in the play-in and look, you get hot in the play-in, right? If you're like a 10 and you win two games in a row, guess what? You're in the playoffs. So not only do you get the revenue for these owners from the play-in, you can get the revenue from the playoffs as well for at least two home games. And that matters, especially considering we're still dealing with owners crying the poverty blues because they didn't have their full their full money during the COVID season, right? Nothing worse than billionaires crying about being broke, right? It's like, come on, man, stop it. But that that's the reality of it, right? Like the revenues that were projected didn't hit the last couple of years because of the COVID interruptions. So they're gonna want anybody who's within that 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 ten that ten game ten spot radius is gonna do it. And Dexter, I was looking on five thirty eight this morning. There are 20 teams with at least a 48% chance of making the playoffs. 20. Like, I mean, that's a lot of teams, man. Like, now, they probably ain't all going to make it, but obviously because there's only, you know, only 16. But that means, okay, now we're all fine. I was actually looking at this. In the Eastern Conference, who is a seller? Okay, we know the Indiana Pacers are a seller. Mm -hmm. Who else is a seller? Loading off assets. Atlanta to an extent, right? Well, I mean, well, and we'll get into that in a second. They should be. Right. Will they be? Uh, I think you could also say Detroit, if they can sell off Jeremy Grant. Right. That's if, one player, right? That's like, one player, right. I don't really know what Orlando has to give. They, they, they got young Terrence, talent. And they're not giving up any of their young talent. Maybe, maybe, maybe Terrence, Terrence Ross, Ross. That's it. That's really it. So I'm, I'm trying to think of another team that's a legit seller. I'll get into the teams I think that should sell, but that's right. a whole other thing. Um, yeah, no, you're right. Thinking about it, I don't know. You're, you're, you're right. Uh, we got we have our friend <laughs> of the show, Brian Fonseca. So my more teams should be selling because they ain't going to do shit. And if anybody knows Brian Fonseca, you can hear his voice and the anger right there. Fired up. You know, but here's what we gotta know from Brian. Brian, you want your Miami Heat to be a seller? You don't think they're sellers, you think they're buyers. Uh, of course, we'll see. No, but that's a good it's a good point, Gerard, because I don't know who else can be sellers in the East. That's a great point. And when you say 48, 20 teams have a 48% chance of making the playoffs, not to play in the playoffs in the NBA according to 538. So that's uh insane and and, and crazy right now. The fun listen capitalistic society cannot look at the financial aspects here, right? right. We talked about how the, the billionaire owners, they want to get some home games if they can. So when you say that, Gerard, that means teams that haven't been to the playoffs, like a Sacramento, like a Minnesota, you would think that they really want to make it and they got a chance because the bottom of the West ain't good. Oh, they, they for sure. I mean, Minnesota right now is in the play and they're like nine or eight, if I'm not mistaken. Um, They're, they're right in there. Um, you know, it, it, it's interesting. So many things are going to talk themselves into making moves, right? Because they're like, ah, we're this close. Not to mention, Dex, the top end, right? Okay, so Phoenix and Golden State likely not going to do anything because when, you ha- when your record's that good, you kind of stand pat. But a team like Memphis is interesting, right? In the third seed in the West, we know about John Morant, you know about Triple J. Okay, going forward, can you be legitimate with, Desmond Bain, 
Zaire Williams, Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark, right? Are, are those pieces enough? Now, they could be if Triple J is exactly what he's supposed to be, but he's not quite there yet. So if you're Memphis, do you then say, all right, we package Zaire, uh, Anthony Melton, and some picks, and we try to get to try to stuff him and get something, right? We have to give up Desmond Bain. Do you give up Desmond Bain if you know you're going to get Jalen Brown? Because now you're John Morant, Jalen Brown, Triple J. Let's just let's just say even though the Celtics are saying Jalen Brown's not available. Well, that trio makes you a little more interesting, right? Now, because now you have a in the playoffs when this man we talk about this all the time. Who is the person who can create off the bounce for themselves when it gets super tight and you need a bucket? Okay, you got one in job, but one is usually not enough. Who else can right. you do? Can you get right now? I got two with, with him and Jalen. Right? Do do I do I make that move? And these are the questions teams are wrestling amongst themselves. How do we do that? What makes the most sense? Yeah, no, no, there is. Of course, you know, our guy, Brian Fonseca, <laughs> of course he had something to say about the Heat. He says the Heat should just move KZ, Keith, and a second rounder for Nick Batum. Not a bad trade. And wait till Old Depot gets back. And that's that on that. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you, Brian. I'm sure you'll have some more uh, Heat commentary for us. But let's get into this, Gerard. And this kind of goes into uh, what Brian brings up because he thinks the Heat should be buyers. Um, which teams... You know, we talked about whether there's more buyers or sellers, but which teams do you think need to be buyers? Like, not should be, they need to be buyers because they need to go get get something and do something right now. I mean, like, in the East, Brooklyn has to be a buyer, right? But a buyer for what? And, and, and we, we'll, 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 we'll say Brooklyn later because we'll get into that with Ben Simmons and, and all that. Um, I don't know if anyone needs to be a buyer, but I think that teams are going to be like, no, we should buy right now, right? Look, I think the Knicks might convince themselves that they're buyers, right? The, the, the more they hang around at that 500 mark, because part of their problem is Tibbs, right? Tibbs is a grinder. He's like, I'm winning every game. That's part of the reason why Cam Reddish ain't getting any burn right now, right? It's like, yo, because Tibbs is like, I don't trust him yet, and I got to win every game. It's like, my guy, like, it might be okay if you don't win every game. Like, it's cool, but that, that, doesn't, that doesn't work with Tibbs. He is not a... Eye on the future and eye on the present simultaneously. It's all about the immediate and the right now. So that's right. one, right? You're looking at um, the Atlanta Hawks. Are they? They've already moved off of off of um, Cam Reddish. Cam do Reddish. they mm-hmm. do they move off of John Collins to do what exactly though? Right? Like again, like what to do what? What you know what everyone's looking for, Dex? Twenty two are looking for. We need that wing. Okay, yeah. Everyone, everybody, wants need, right? Everybody needs that wing. Where, right. where are they? <laughs> They, right. they don't grow on trees, right? right. Kevin Durant and Paul George. And, these dudes ain't just out there to get, right? Like, that's not a thing. So Jeremy Grant's the one kind of sexy thing. He, he's still injured right now, right? So you got to even wait for him to come back. If you're Golden State, this is your window right now, right? To You could win a title this year. But you have a little bit of an issue as it relates to your center position. Because while Kevon Looney's great, he ain't the answer when you're playing against DeAndre Ayton. And as good as Draymond Green is, and by the way, Draymond's got a back issue right now that's affecting his calf. So uh, th- that still remains to be seen. Do you say, what are we doing? Like the, the, the potential of Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody and James Wiseman sounds great. And they could uh-huh. be great, but that's what that is. That is potential. Will either of them ever be as good as Miles Turner is today? I don't know. They could. They could be. Do you do you think Golden State should definitely be a buyer because of what you just said? The fact that they 
they could win a title. They played fantastic this year. Some injuries as late as you mentioned with Draymond. They, I feel like they've got to go if they can go get somebody. And it sounds like you, you're saying from just mentioning Miles Turner, go upgrade that center position. Correct. I, I, I think so. I, I think look. It, <laughs> you don't know how many more years of peak Steph Curry you're going to have, right? Like, and let's also be clear about something. He's not shooting the ball great the last month to six weeks, right? 32, like 30, 32% from three in about that time, right? right? So not great, right? And yet you're still maintaining because your defense is excellent, right? Why not add another rim protector in Miles Turner and someone who can space the floor out to three? Gives you even more space out there, right? Like, I just... You know, it's not that I'm a Daryl Morey like worshiper, but Daryl's point is you have a 5% chance of winning the title, you got to go all in. And again, we also talk about this, Dexter injuries, and you never know what is around the corner. You know, someone I love to talk about all the time is my cousin. He is a bird in the hand guy. Yeah, because I always, because he's a Knicks fan, he's always talking about, yeah, but you know, you guys got your picks. He's like, don't tell me about draft picks and who I'm going to get. I don't know what those people are going to be. Talk mm-hmm. to me about the bird in the hand right now. I, I know that. this person is good today. I right. don't know what X is going to be five years from now. He could be good. He might not right. be. But I know what this is. And, and there's some truth to that, right? So particularly when you are a team like Golden State, see, where it doesn't matter for the Knicks is, y'all ain't that good. So you should be looking towards the future. But a right. team like Golden State, when you have a chance and you have one of the best records in the league, you got to look at, look, man, bird in the hand, right? What can we do now? What about teams that I would say are, you, you know, you talked about Memphis because they could be a buyer. I mm-hmm. think that's legit to talk about them in that way. We, we talk about this team a lot on this show and other shows. What about the Utah Jazz? Because we know yeah. what their problems are on the perimeter. I feel like they should be a buyer. I feel like they better be buying yeah. because we know they yeah. can't guard anybody on the perimeter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are they in their list of teams, especially in the West, that, yes. that are should be a buyer? For sure. I think Utah is the kind of team where, they may have to do a little bit of addition by subtraction, right? Give up some of that elite spacing and three-point shooting to give yourself a little more sturdiness on the wings to defend because that's their problem, right? The minute teams start attacking them at the point at the point of attack from the wing, they have nothing. Bogdanovich, Ingles, those guys get cooked out, out, out in the open floor, right? Like out, out, on, out on the wing. And Donovan Mitchell, the point of attack isn't great either. Right. So now you ain't going to get rid of Donovan Mitchell because he's so excellent offensively. Fine. But do I need Mitchell? Do I need uh, Ingles and Bogdanovich? Like, do I need both of them? Right. What can I do that will still give me enough good, good enough offense that will help Rudy on defense so he's not out here on an island trying to guard five guys? Right. Is Jeremy Grant that answer? Right. He he could be a good fit there. I could see him. Okay. Let's bring up, we got to bring up this team. I don't know if you know where you're going to put them in this, so I'm just going to throw this team out there. I don't know if they're buyers. We're going to get to sellers in a second. What are the Lakers doing? Because should they be buying, you're hearing clamor, you're laughing, but you're hearing clamoring from Lakers Twitter talking about we should go get Jeremy Grant. Uh, there was a, a report a couple weeks ago that they offered two second-round picks to try to get Cam Reddish. Uh, they tried to do that. They look like they need a lot of help. Uh, so are they in the list of buyers still? So Cam Reddish does what exactly for the Lakers? Give them youth that they don't have. Okay, fair enough. That that was me trying to find. No, something. no, no, no. You. <laughs> right. What is the Lakers' problem as an organization, as a team, right now? Well, the, their the number big, their number one problem. Number one problem is lack of outside shooting, and you might also say lack of guarding anybody on the perimeter. That's okay. the, th- those are Thank the two you. major problems. Right. Cam Reddish doesn't. He helps one of those things. He'll be one able to help things. you with shooting. He yeah. don't help you on defense. 
Okay. Nope. And the Lakers, when they won the title two years ago in the bubble, they were the number three defense in adjusted defensive rating in the NBA. Last year, when they finished the regular season, even with the injuries, they were number one in adjusted defensive rating. They had a defensive identity. That's who they were. We got LeBron, we got AD, who are devastating in the pick and roll, and it's LeBron James who may be the greatest player of all time, so he can figure everything else out on offense. But on defense, you can't get past us. We guard the hell out of you. Uh, This team don't guard the hell out of shit, okay? Like, they don't guard nothing. <laughs> you got rid of Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Alex Caruso, Cal Kuzma, right? All people who guard and replace them with whom? Primelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, Malik Monk, Wayne Ellington. Anybody I mentioned d- defensive oriented in that group? Uh, Ken, Ken, no, I was going to mention <laughs> other people, but they're not. I was going to say Ken Bazemore, not defensive or, or oriented. The replacements have not done that. That that is fair. The question for them though is Gerard, who can they buy? Even if you want to tell me you believe the Lakers can be buyers of the deadline, who are they going to buy? Who do they have to sell? That anybody wants it? Who who on that roster? You just mentioned how they weren't good fits. Who would anybody want off that roster? You know, I mean. No reasonable GM would want anybody. But what we have talked about in the past is it only takes one, right? And the famous P.T. Barnum said this many, many years ago, and it rings true today. There's a sucker born every minute, okay? (laughs) Right. All it takes is one. All it takes is one. One team out there will convince themselves, you know what? Russell Westbrook trade actually makes sense for us because (laughs) great. The Lakers get off of that money, right? They, it's sure, fine. And maybe they get something decent back in, in return. It only takes one. We heard rumblings of the Houston Rockets may consider bringing Westbrook back. Why and for who and for what? I don't know. Because here's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Westbrook, we know, is going to opt in to that $47 million he's due next year. He ain't opting out of that. Who wants to carry that on their books for a player of Westbrook's caliber? Not what he's done in the past what he is now and what he will be next season. And it doesn't sound like a good idea to me. And but. just for, just, you know, there'll be Laker fans be like, well, we can toss that 2027 20, uh, first round pick out there. And I don't think, I think Raphael Stone is going to want uh, something a little bit more immediate. If he's going to go for the picks to bring on that salary uh, coming back. All right. Sellers who should be selling. You mentioned some teams like the Hawks, mm-hmm. like the Knicks who had great seasons last year. Mm-hmm. They've come back down to earth. You know where you don't want to be in, in the NBA, Gerard. You mm-hmm. do not want to be in NBA purgatory, which mm-hmm. is stuck in the middle. Mm-hmm. Who Do you think those teams should be selling, or are there any other teams you think should definitely Knicks, be selling? Knicks, Hawks, for sure, definitely sellers. Look, the Pelicans, like, what are y'all doing? I mean, y'all should be sellers, right? Like, now I get it. The Timberwolves and the Kings want to make the play-in. So in, in some ways, they're going to be buyers and sellers. We'll give you De'Aaron Fox and this and that, right? Because we need to – okay, but – you got pieces that don't fit there. New York, again, Atlanta, all those teams should be looking at moving off of certain deals. Look, the idea is for all these teams is what is the future of our franchise? You drafted all these guys. Are they good? How do we know? They don't get to play, right? Like, <laughs> we don't develop them. Well, let them play, right? But it's 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 hard to sell that to a fan base. Although, Oklahoma City, fantastic job of selling that to the fan base, right? Clear rebuild mode, right? They are doing the whole process deal. But they got some dudes in there, right, who when they play hard certain nights, they beat decent teams, right? So I think there are a lot of teams. in Oklahoma City will be an interesting one because they have the roster, of course, to take on. And it's, they're 20-something million below the cap floor, 
right? I mean, so they can take on a lot. Now, I don't think Sam Price is going to do that just for anybody, right? Someone like SGA becomes interesting, right? Do they keep SGA? Do they move him? Because they're like, mm, we want to do something else, right? And we think some teams will love, I mean, a lot of teams would love to have Sick Chad Joseph Alexander right now, right? And he's already locked up under contract for the next four years, right? So that these are the things you're thinking about. I think trade deadline Dexter might be quiet. Um, we'll see some stuff happen. But I think draft day and around then is when we're going to see a lot more of this stuff happen. I mean, Travis Schlank said this, and we know it. Maybe I shouldn't have brought all these guys back together in Atlanta, right? We got two options right. to make something happen. Trade deadline and draft day. So I think trade deadline, we'll try to we'll see some stuff happen. I don't know how much. And then draft day yeah and last thing on the trade thing as i think a lot of it is you noted at the top of this trade discussion gets muddied because of the now plan you got teams thinking have they have a chance to get in that probably shouldn't think they have a chance to get in and i'm somebody who likes to play it so i, I want to yeah, get ready no, for yeah. that but, but we great. can talk about how it does affect the trade deadline and i wonder how we see it now two years the second year into the plan who will be buyers and who will be sellers but uh look i'll say this as somebody who's been rooting for the Knicks. If they were sellers, I talked to you about this yesterday, it wouldn't bother me at all. Look towards the future, but, you know, head coach, front office, aligning on that. Your future is R.J. Barrett, quickly, potentially Cam Reddish, right? Like OB. Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes. That is your future, I I believe. So while we hold on to Taj Gibson and Derek Rose, I mean, and I know why, because Tibbs is a grinder and I got to win. But guess what? That culture is already established now. I think they feel that. So now, do we like kind of say, Tibbs, can you change your philosophy? And if you can't, well, mm-hmm. anyway, well you know, that's, that's, that's a conversation. For that's a conversation day. to rile the Knicks fan base up <laughs> another day. Uh, let's talk a little bit about a player that plays uh, across town from the Knicks, James Harden. A story came out yesterday in Bleacher Report. Sources explaining. Why James Harden will welcome a new scenery next season. This was a story by Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report. Now, Harden was asked after last night's game with the Nets playing against the Los Angeles Lakers about it. He said, look, you didn't hear it from me, so these rumors aren't true, blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> we were texting last <laughs> night during the Laker game, a Nets game, and we were like, mm, Harden, Harden don't look too happy out there. And let's be clear. Let me full disclosure, folks. Harden probably didn't look happy out there because he was playing with dudes who could not hit shots, right? We know Kyrie isn't playing at home. Kevin Durant is out right now. But to put a whole bow on this, James Harden can be a free agent after the season. He did not sign a contract extension with the Brooklyn Nets, uh, Gerard. Do you think it's very possible? Been linked a lot to Philly and Daryl Morey. Do you think it's possible James Harden can be looking at some new scenery next season? So let's zoom out for a second here, Dex. GM next GM Sean Marks is not one to often be forthright in details happening around the team, right? So when he comes out and says something specifically, it's a good likely it's already going to happen, right? Okay. Before training camp, this is when coach and GM media media days were happening. Kevin Durant extension signs. We expect Harden and Kyrie to sign before the start of training camp. It is January of 2022, and neither are signed beyond where their current contract is. The Kyrie Irving contract extension was taken off the table for the obvious reasons, his unwillingness to get vaccinated, all that, yada, yada. James Harden 
all of a sudden it's this is the first time in my career I want to be a free agent. I want to explore that. Things are things are shifting for James Harden. Here's what I mean by that. He was excellent last year when he came over from Houston, right? I mean, we saw the Nets. When they, I mean, when those three are on the floor, holy hell, nightmare to guard. Nightmare. Because that is three all NBA level players. I mean, you're just, what are you doing? Because you're not helping off either, right? You can't send because they're going to kill you if you do that, right? Okay. Now, Harden is playing with a part-time Kyrie, only on the road. He's closing out games with, and this is not to be disrespectful, it's just facts, with De'Ron Sharp, DeAndre Bembry, Kessler Edwards, Eddie Mills. James Harden didn't leave Houston to play with those guys. He came to play with Kevin Durant primarily and Kyrie Irving, right? right? For that idea of when we are this triumvirate supernova, there isn't a team that can beat us four times out of seven. And I maintain if those three are playing at, at, their, at their peak levels, there isn't. They're just too good, right? Well, Durant's hurt. Going to be out six to eight weeks. Kyrie Irving only plays part-time. You can just see it on James's face, the body language. He's just like, what is this? We, t- we texted about this, Dexter. Yep. Three elite all-NBA players that can do literally everything on a basketball court masks a lot of everyone else's deficiencies who shares the court with them because they can do everything, right? So when you have those three on the court and it's Joe Harris and Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown looks amazing, right? Because he can roll to the rim, floating, because ain't nobody thinking about him because I got four dudes who are going to blitz me from all over the court. Well, when I only got half a dude now, all of a sudden, Bruce Brown doesn't look so good. Why is that? because he's got to do more than what his skill set allows. Oh, open three in the corner? Yeah, you go ahead and do that, because I know you ain't going to hit that shot, right? All the different things that are happening now. Ooh, James Harden's coming on a pick and roll? Let's blitz him. Send two at James Harden, because what's Nick Claxton going to do with the ball in the middle of the court? I ain't worried about him. This isn't a James Harden-Kevin Durant pick and roll. It's not a James Harden-Kyrie Irving pick and roll. It's not a James Harden-Joe Harris pick and roll, right? Okay. Like, So I'm not worried about anything. And this is, this is what Harden's facing every night. And so all these rumors and the fact that he has not signed the, extens- the extension and that he loves Daryl Moore, that's, they are super tight. Mm-hmm. Where there's smoke, there's fire. There is truth to this. This could happen. Now, we know the Nets could pay him the most money, right? Right. Because they have his bird rights and all that. But hey, man, we could do a sign and trade. We could do a lot of different things. And I know where you're going next with the next thing you want to ask, I think. Yeah. This could be a good thing for them if indeed it does play out the way it does. Yeah. So (laughs) the next thing is (laughs) the next thing with that is, okay, should the Nets deal Harden, right? If you, if you think they're they're, the smoke is there and where the smoke is fire and you believe that and you're reading the tea leaves and looking at all this stuff, you know, uh, he's interested or you get to the end of the season. He's like, look, I want to go to Philly. They have a young player, assuming Ben Simmons doesn't get traded to deadline, assuming that, Mm -hmm. Um, or now, we, I mean, it's part of trade season. Should the Nets deal hard and should they do it now? You talked about now. You talked about draft day mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. as a possibility, as a time to make moves. Should they look to deal hard, and especially if he's not happy here and he's looking around saying this is not what they signed up for? So what well, I would he signed do, up for, excuse me. Yeah, what I would do if I was of the Nets is, no, we're going to play this thing out, right? Because Durant's going to come back, and Durant and Harden, even with Kyrie on road games in the playoffs, Listen, if everything breaks right, we can still potentially win. And if we do win, that may change James Harden's whole outlook come next season. But let's say they flame out in the playoffs again and stuff happens, yada, yada, whatever. 
If you're the Nets, okay. You're already, Kevin Durant's a linchpin. He's already locked up under contract, right? Would a move and, and, and would getting Ben Simmons be exactly what this team needs? Now, you, your, your, your challenge here is Kyrie Irving because we don't know what the deal is with him, right? Is he part-time? Is he full? Well, right? That, that, that's the piece you're worried about. But if Kyrie Irving is a full-time player and you have Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons is exactly what you need on that team, right? Because we, we talked about this months ago, Dexter. I we said, did. actually, that's the person. Because why? Ben Simmons does all the other stuff. He's going to guard the hell out of everybody. He's going to be your size and your rebounding, right? He's going to get your pace up. Grab the ball off the boards, take it up in transition, run up the floor. If you can guarantee Kyrie Irving is a full-time player mm-hmm. with Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons, oh, that's a move you definitely make. And it isn't just straight up uh, Ben for, for James. If you're, if you're Brooklyn, you get some other stuff back as well. But that's the move you make. Um, and I, mean, I think that makes them a even more – because more offense isn't what the Nets need. With Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving – Patty Mills, Joe Harris, healthy, and, 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 that, and that shooting, right? Like, that's good enough. You need defensive help, right? Can you guard? And Ben Simmons will clean up a lot of those issues. Uh, he will. So, uh, last thing before we, we real quick, let me take a, a quick break. Are the Nets in trouble? Because when I look at the roster and I look at what they got out there, and I'm, when I say in trouble, I mean without the three stars. If you've listened to the show, listen to the segment, Gerard has always said, this is a team that was constructed around these three superstars. This is how they were built. When you have one out, it hurts. When you got two out, it's really hard for it to see it functioning or one of those stars attacks. So because of the uncertainty of Kyrie Irving, because of the uncertainty that we don't even know how Kevin Durant's going to look when he comes back and how taxed he might be and James Harden possibly being unhappy, are the Nets in trouble? Because I feel like right now, Gerard, I don't feel as great about them winning the championship as I did a couple months ago. Yeah, I think, look, if you're a Nets fan, you're, you're concerned right now with how things are playing out, but they're also still 29 and 18. They're only right. a, game, a game pack of Miami for the one seed. I mean, so I think they can weather this storm because they're going to, as I as luckily for them, the bulk of their next several games are going to be on the road, which means James Harden and Kyrie Irving, right? And when those two were playing, they played pretty well, right? So if they're able to come through this, 500 a little bit better than 500 by the time Durant comes back I think this is an injury that he's had before that I think he'll be able to bounce back from fine and again having those six to eight weeks off may actually be a blessing in in disguise for him because he's not getting miles on his body you know I think that'll be fine for them I think ultimately the wild card is is Kyrie Irving and you know if you're the Nets if I'm Sean Marks and on the brain trust yes we know KD has got you know a certain level of autonomy in, in that organization you go to him and you say, listen, you're, you're the guy because we have you signed for the next five years. You sure you want to hit your wagon to Kyrie Irving? This dude's unreliable. We don't know what the vaccine mandates are going to be a year from now. Everyone's saying, oh, they could clear it up. But they could. They could, also not, they could also not change. Right? right. And he has been very adamant and clear that he is not getting the vaccine. So do you want to... Does that make sense to you to, to rock with that? Uh, you know, so I think these are some questions that you got to be having with Katie. It's like, look, man, as you as you end your career here and we try to make another run at, at another title or two, 
is this the dude we want you want to tie everything to yeah because looking dicey right now looks dicey and i'm <laughs> not even i'm not sure the organization themselves wanted wants to deal with that we're going to take a really quick break when we come back we're going to give you our nba picks uh for tonight uh for you betting junkies out there <laughs> Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over-under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the NBA Exchange. All you got to do is sign up now and use the promo code NBAEX. Prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play. And download the Prize Picks app today. All right, time for some NBA picks. Be sure to check out Prize Picks uh, and sign up. We've had some people sign up already. Really good. You can use that promo code. If you've used this one already, maybe you're trying to do a new user looking for another promo code, check out the promo code for the Seven Footers podcast. Yeah. Seven Footer, they got one too. They're part of the Props Network family. So, you know, we try to spread that love yeah, around, man. man. Like, use, use that one too. Uh, they'll match your deposit, first deposit up to $100. So, you know, get in on that. We like to look at picks, picking some games. Um, picking games has not been so friendly uh, to me lately. <laughs> Shout out to our boy, Brian Fonseca, who does a little bit too much with the parlays. <laughs> I do not get down like that. I think those are you. What you? Who was the quote you said? Uh, the P.T. Barnum quote about there's a sucker born every sucker day. Sucker born every minute. I feel, like every that's what minute. <laughs> I feel like that's what the sports uh, books be trying to do with these multiple leg parlays. They try to find the suckers out there that are going to take them. Uh, Gerard, I mean, just, just ask yourself this question, folks. Yes, are they are they tearing down casinos in Vegas or building more? They're building, building more. more. And right. ask yourself, ask yourself to that, who is helping to fund them? I'm not saying. <laughs> I just want to be clear. I'm not saying not to enjoy any gambling. I'm enjoy. not saying that at all. Enjoy. We talk, we talk about betting on the NBA here. We have no problem with that. We like that. We welcome it. We discuss it. I'm just saying. If you want to make money, bet on what you know and try to do it responsibly. Mm-hmm. And, yo, you don't got to go crazy. You don't got to feed your ego to think you're smart because you're going to hit a 17-leg parlay. You know, this is true. I li- my, my boy was traveling from Phoenix going somewhere the other day. He told me in the airport, Gerard, he heard somebody say, yo, man, I was just one game away from hitting the 17-leg parlay. A Bro, 17 parlay. Come on, man. Come on, son. You thought 17 <laughs> things was going to happen for you and the odds were what they were? Because you just, this, I'm going, thanks for my TED talk. I'm going, I'm going into too much. <laughs> Thank you for joining. But uh, all right, the games tonight. I was not in love with the schedule of games tonight, Gerard. Yeah. Um, I, I, I did not. But let's talk about one because you and I both. I'll put this on. Uh, Gerard says I steal his picks. And this one involves Gerard's team, the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, they are in San Antonio to take on the Spurs. Spurs coming off a of back-to-back. Uh, they Who they whoop last night? They whooped somebody down, beat somebody down last night. I'm forgetting who they beat down. Doesn't matter. They beat down somebody last night. The Grizzlies uh, coming in here. They've been playing really well. Who do you like in this matchup, or are you thinking differently to bet on this game, not the spread? 
I'm going to go winning margin in this one. You mentioned the second half of back-to-back for San Antonio. The Grizzlies are down some players, though, right? Um, right. Kyle Anderson, Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, although Desmond Bain, I believe, is questionable uh, out of health and safety protocols. Um, they, they got guys that are, that are out of the lineup right now. But I'm going to go with the Grizzlies to win by 6 to 10-point margin. That is plus 350. Take that. Mm. The Grizz, the Grizz are kind of a little bit up and down, right? They're gonna, after winning like 12, 12, 13 in a row, they're kind of off on, right? They have a tough time with Dallas. Dallas Maverick fans out there talking smack like, y'all don't want to see us come playoff time, all that. And it's like, uh, <laughs> it's like, Whoa. let's chill. Let's chill. <laughs> like, yeah, let's, let's be easy. But I'm going to go with the Grizz tonight. Uh, winning margin 6 to 10 plus 350. Book it. We'll talk about the Mavericks a little bit later. They got beat <laughs> down by the Warriors. Okay, so I like that six to ten plus three fifty. Um, and yeah, I haven't put any money on anything yet tonight, but I might go and look at that. I like that, but I'm pretty confident in this one, Gerard. I like the Grizzlies here, especially with the Spurs coming off the back to back. I know they rested a lot of players because they had a blowout, so that's good for them. They both games at home for the Spurs, but the Grizzlies coming in, I think they know you need to try to get some of these wins with some of the guys mm-hmm. that they've had out. They've been dealing with a lot of lately's injury. I'm sure they heard some of the chirping from the Mavs fans and the Mavs themselves. Um, but, you know, I think the Grizzlies get this. They've been a pretty focused team. What I've been impressed with them a lot, uh, pretty much starting since the beginning of December, has been their defense. I've talked mm-hmm. about that on the show. I think they do that. They can get the job done. And the other thing I like is I think the Grizzlies have a great chip on their shoulder. Yeah, They know that a lot of people are still questioning, are they for real? Mm-hmm. Gerard believes in them. Gerard's been on the high train. Mm-hmm. I've joined, I've jumped on the high train. <laughs> I believe in them, but I like, I hate using this term sometimes, but the moxie they have yeah. to bounce back against that. And when it comes to them in betting situations, I like that moxie in the regular season mm-hmm. for betting situations. And I think they bounce back. I think they know what needs to get wins. San Antonio is a win they should have if they were healthy. I even think with guys down, they can get this win. I like the Grizzlies to cover here, but I also like Gerard taking that six to 10 for the plus 350. Wouldn't shock me to see them get that there. So, Give me, give me the Grizzlies to cover minus four and a half on the road in San Antonio. Uh, now, Gerard, you another game that you liked, you had the Bucks versus the Cavs. Talk to mm-hmm. me about that and who you like there. Yeah, I'm liking the Cavs' money line here, plus 155. While the Grizzlies are excellent, and when their three stars play, they're like 17 and three, something like that this season. The Grizzlies are kind of doing that thing where, like, we're the champs and we're playing with our food a little bit, and they don't really sort of come out and do what they got to do. Um, against teams that are lesser and Cleveland isn't even lesser right like they're the number two adjusted defensive rated team in the entire NBA man they can guard Evan Mobley is an inc- a rookie who's impacting winning he's a plus 3.5 and estimated plus minus like yo rookies generally don't contribute to winning in the NBA they just don't because this game is very difficult he's excellent Darius Garland might be an all-star Jared Allen might be an all-star Larry Markin though he's in health and safety I believe they start three seven-footers. I mean, listen, and you know, seven-footers podcast. We, we, I knew you were going there. I knew you were going there. <laughs> we, 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 we love tall people and seven-footers on, on, on that pod. I just – I like what the Cavaliers do, what head coach J.B. Bickerstaff and, and GM Kobe Altman have assembled there. They got the right culture. And this is another one of those statement games for them. It's regular season, I know. But mm. for a team that's been kind of like, you know, after LeBron left, it was like, oh, this team is a disaster, laughing stock. More of these games where they can – show out against top teams in the league it's regular season i know but you got to start somewhere right you got to start building habits and and culture as when you're a young team and i just love what this team does and they're not going to be afraid of of milwaukee when they come right they're going to bat they're going to battle them for sure so i'm taking the money line here and just for you know for 
gambling purposes and what, what we do here on the show, they've been actually pretty good as, as the home favorite, 14 and eight this season. Um, so I, I, I like Cleveland. I'm going with the money line, Cleveland plus 155. That's a good one. I also like what should be noted with Cleveland, and you talked about the culture change. Game against the New York Knicks the other day, blew a 15-point lead, held on, executed well down the stretch, uh, showed me some toughness there. Mm-hmm. Young players did not look rattled. That was mm-hmm. something I kept my eye on and I really liked out of that team and that squad, especially Evan Mobley, like you talked about. Look at that Cavs money line. What was that, plus 155, Gerard? Yep. On the yep. Money line? Plus 155, not bad there. Okay, my last game, I got the Mavericks. We talked about them earlier. And look, the Mavericks got their asses handed to them last night by the Golden State Warriors. Woo! They got beat mm. down. And I actually tried to get Luka Doncic to get a triple-double, but unfortunately he had 25 points, 8 assists, uh, only, I believe, 2 boards, I believe. It was 8 rebounds, only 2 assists. Sorry, I had that wrong. 8 rebounds, 2 assists. And the reason is nobody else can make any damn shots which scares me with the Mavs. Tim Hardaway Jr. also got mm-hmm. injured last night. However, the cure-all for a beatdown, even on a back-to-back sometimes, is playing a team that not really that good. Now, Portland's <laughs> been playing better lately, so no shade to Portland on this. They've actually been playing some better ball lately. We've seen uh, Anthony Simons play well. We've seen Nasir Little play well. But I think Luka Doncic is going to come out a little bit angry. Yeah. I won't bet him to win a tri- get a triple-double in this game or maybe even a double-double because there should be some concern if other guys should hit shots. Chris Asporzingis was horrible last night. I have to think he bounces back. I think this is actually a good matchup for him against the Trailblazers. So give me the Mavericks to cover here. I'm taking two road teams, the Grizzlies and the Mavericks, to cover on the road. I like both of them. Throw a couple dollars. I wouldn't go crazy on the Mavericks because I don't trust the outside shooting. But if you want to throw a couple <laughs> dollars there, do it and look. Here's my last piece of advice, people. Stay away from them parlays. You don't oh, yeah. Do that. You don't, you don't, don't need all the multiple legs. The reason why the payout's so high is because the likelihood right. of getting all of them probably not going to happen. There's another team, by the way, Dexter. Portland Trailblazers yeah. should definitely be sellers in this month. Yes. Oh, they should. Yeah, we, didn't, we didn't even talk about them. They, they absolutely definitely should be sellers. sellers. <laughs> Coming at the deadline. Roko, you know, whoever else. Oh, is yeah, yeah. You can talk yeah. About. oh, yeah. All them. Depending on what they want to move, they should be looking to sell as they're trying to change the color cu- culture, excuse me, up mm-hmm. there in the Pacific Northwest. So we will see uh, what it is that they do there. Well, we're not selling. We're still going to keep this going <laughs> every Wednesday. No hot takes. Giving you some nuance. We'll be doing that every Wednesday. That is it for this edition of the NBA Exchange. Uh, please continue to support our content on Backpack Broadcasting and the Props Network. Uh, you can support us through Patreon. Definitely check that out. Special thanks to all our patrons who make this possible. We appreciate you. Once again, guys, Prize Picks, our partners, check out that promo code NBAEX. Get your first deposit matched up to $100. Be sure to check out my man, Gerard Hector. You can catch him on the Seven Footers podcast. They are live every Tuesday. Watch them on the Props Network. Also check them out on True Hoop. They do their thing every Monday and Friday. Please check them out too. They go live as well and they have fantastic content. So be sure to support that. Uh, for Gerard Hector, no hot takes today. I am <laughs> Dexter Henry. Not sure I have any more hot takes um, to, to, to bring up at, at all today. I think we're done. Any hot takes from you, Gerard, before we go? Nah, you know me. I, I ain't got no hot takes, man. Let's just no let's hot takes? reason nuance about this. No, no hot takes, man. <laughs> okay, just, 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 make, just making sure, making sure we, we stay on brand here. We'll be back. Uh, got a good show coming up for you guys on Friday. Chris Herring will be joining us to talk about his new book, Blood in the Garden. You also He also had a conversation with Gerard and the guys on True Hoop, so yep. please check that out as well. 
He'll be talking that. I am so excited to talk about that as a fan of the Knicks. You'll enjoy it. Knicks. I will enjoy that. I'm enjoying the book already so much. So we'll talk about that uh, on Friday. Gerard, be well. We'll talk sure. more about some nuance next week on the NBA Exchange. Peace, y'all.